You'll save the maple tree, won't you? The man rested his hands on the desk. His fingers were gnarled and weather-beaten, the nails thick with yellow deposits. You know, he said, his faded blue eyes on Alex, the one I showed you yesterday. Alex looked away and rifled through the papers in front of her. This was the part she hated the most, looking into their eyes, seeing the loss, the pain of leaving, the agony of knowing their homes would be bulldozed. Gone. Nothing left but snapshots, bunches of them, stuffed in shoeboxes or photo albums, in a vain attempt to hold on to a moment in time that would prove as elusive as a grain of sand. Some left the remembering inside their head, buried under layers of inconsequential nothingness, crowded between mounds of garbled data. Underneath it all, crammed together, was a history, a life, a remembering that faded and disintegrated with time. Was it really so much to ask that a tree be saved? At least it could serve as a landmark for what had been before, a compass of sorts to lead generations of families back to their ancestral home. A simple tree. I made note of it, Alex said, and will certainly try. Mr. Oshansky, her associate, Eric Haynes, cut her off in his typical lawyer style. We'll make every attempt to save your tree. He smiled, a quick flash of white before adding, and hundreds of others like it. The old man leaned back in his chair, blew out a long breath. My father planted that tree when my sister Emma died. She was only two. Scarlet fever, they said. He stared at his hands, clasped them together. He told us it was Emma's tree, and every time we looked at it, we should think of her. They could promise to save one tree, couldn't they? Alex looked at Eric, waited for him to tell Mr. Oshansky he'd make certain the tree stayed. For Emma. But Eric was already shuffling through the document in front of him, reaching for his pen. We'll see what we can do. Now, let's get the rest of this paperwork out of the way and we'll be all set. The old man smiled at them. Thank you. His eyes were wet. Thank you for doing this for me. For Emma. He reached into his pants pocket, pulled out a handkerchief, and blew his nose. Twenty minutes later, Mr. Oshansky shuffled out of Alex's office, a cane in one hand, a check in the other. We just made Leonard Oshansky one rich old man. Eric tossed his pen on the desk, leaned back, and clasped his hands behind his head. Alex fiddled with her own pen, a very expensive one, black with gold. You did mean what you said to him, didn't you, about saving the tree? Why do you always doubt me, Alex? Of course I meant it. She nodded. Good. It'll never happen, though. You can't bulldoze around one tree. Think of the time and money it would cost. He shrugged. Even if that wasn't an issue, the heavy equipment would kill the roots. The tree would never make it, and then, somewhere along the line, you'd have to come back in and dig it out. More time and even more expense. Alex stared at him, wondering how she'd ever thought there was a soft side to this man. How could she not have noticed the pauses, so calculated, the way he played with words, spoken and unspoken, twisting and massaging them to create his own justifications, state his own case. He was a lawyer, and a damn good one. Negotiation was his forte. That's why WEC management employed him as legal counsel.
and that's why it was one of the premier developers of exclusive vacation resorts in the country. Eric Haynes knew how to make his words flow in a voice that wrapped itself around the listener, soothing, calming, lulling. There was something about the way he looked at people, as though they really mattered, as though he really cared. He could convince them that signing over their property was the right choice, the noble choice, for the betterment of family and personal interests. And it all seemed so genuine, so damn real, that people believed him, even people who knew better.